This morning I'm going to be sharing, um, Andrew has asked us as congregations to, over the next two weekends, to share around the topic um, um, and the scriptures of being devoted to apostles' teaching and then devoted to the fellowship out of Acts 2.42. It says, and they devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teachings and to, and to the fellowship, um, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so that's what we're going to focus on this morning because I had been preparing my heart around us looking at gifts. And so just so that you are aware, you can read Romans 12, you can read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 in your quiet time and that. But um, for, for now, I want to honor what Andrew's asked, and there is reason for it, um, because we are moving towards our 412 conference. And I want to say to us as a congregation, and I'm speaking specifically to Durbanville Central, for many of us, we've not been exposed to the 412 uh, um, movement per se. It's a group of relating churches all around the world. We are a Jostian congregation, but there are churches, I think there's 300 plus um, around the world that are linked into Jostian. And you'll see, for example, Andrew and a group of guys, they will move across the continent and to other parts of the world to go and minister into their context. Just like you see in the Bible where Paul writes to the Roman church, to the Corinthians, the Galatians, Ephesians. In the same way, Andrew and a number of guys who we recognize as apostles um, will go and minister the word. And so what that means for us is as the 412 conference comes up, is that this is going to be an apostolic time. We're not new apostolic or old apostolic. All right, um, But this is an apostolic time where we're going to have apostolic gifts from around the globe that will be coming into our context to minister. And so I want to lay that foundation for us this morning. And so we've been asked just to touch a little bit on that this morning. And um, as I was preparing this message, um, one of the things I felt was I wanted us to look at the bigger picture, the the church universal, Kevin actually touched on it a little bit last week. So that's the, the congregations all around the world that are God-fearing churches that preach the gospel as we see it and the, and the word of God as we see it, happening on a big scale around the globe. Then I want to narrow it down to us as a congregation here this morning so what I'm preaching is impacting up there, but it's impacting us here. And then I want to narrow it even further down into our com groups and that which we also give ourselves to in other areas of the life of the church as those meetings come up. So I want you to try and hold that if you can in tangent. And, um, and then let's see what God does with us as, as we go forward. So that scripture, Acts 2.42, we saw there, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And it's interesting that when we look at the scripture, we need to see the, the picture of what a healthy, vibrant, and growing church looks like. In those days when people gave their lives to Jesus and they surrendered their lives to Jesus, God separated them and they became a movement on their own and they absolutely flourished and thrived in serving the, the purposes of Jesus. And what we saw was a people that were devoted to Jesus. Now this morning, I want to say to you, I don't need faith for Gunther because he's here today. 
but I need faith for the person that's not sitting in the chair next to him. This morning, I don't need faith for his devotion here today because he's here present. But I need faith for those that are not present to be devoted if they're Christ-loving, faith-believing followers of Jesus. All right? And so, so for me, you could be here today, but you could also not be here. You could be here in person, but your mind and your heart is elsewhere. Perhaps God today is going to bring you to a place of actually realigning the files in your life and saying, actually, I need to get my devotion to Jesus right. You're not here to please me. We're not here to please each other. We're not here to, to, to tickle ears. We're here to help you walk deeper into the things of God and to be faithful because one day you will stand before God and you're going to have to give an account of your life and how you've lived this life, serving His purposes. And so, so for me, I'm trusting that even if you are here and your heart is elsewhere, that today might be the moment that God brings you to a place where you say, I need to surrender. That word that came out, it's a very powerful word this morning. Because I think for some of us, I've got to ask the question, how much of us does Jesus actually have? That's the question we need to be asking ourselves. So with that, these were a group of people that were devoted to Jesus. And the fruit of their devotion was evident to all in those days. You could see that these people were radical. I think even in our prayer meeting this morning, we were touching on that. I think Edward brought the message where he said, you know, you want to see a people that are so on fire for Jesus that the overflows, they're looking after each other and caring for each other and spurring each other on in the the things of God. So, with that, when we look at the Scriptures, it says that they devoted themselves. I, as one of the leaders in the church, cannot compel you to do anything. We can, we can maybe call you to a place of obedience. We can maybe ask certain things of you. But the devotion that comes is something that happens on the inside of you. And it's from that place that you will devote yourself to Jesus firstly and then to those that are over you in the Lord and the things of God. That's the heart of God in these moments. So the devotion actually comes from you stepping in and saying, I want to commit myself to Jesus. And I want to walk out my walk properly with him in and through the local church. Can I maybe suggest this morning that when we look at scripture, nothing is done without the saints being involved in a local church and rooted in a local church where the roots are going down, there's accountability and there's walking out their journey with one another and and helping each other forward. So with that, um, I I hope you will be encouraged this morning. The word devoted means in the Greek, and I'm not giving you the Greek word because I've left it out. It was too hard to pronounce, and I don't want to sound intellectual and clever because I'm really not. (laughs) But it's basically what it refers to. It's to do something with intense effort, to persist despite difficulty or resistance. It also refers to someone who is loyal, committed, steadfast, dedicated. Can I say, ultimately, all of this is to Jesus. And I love that phrase where it says that they, 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 it's to do something with intense effort to persist despite difficulty or resistance. This is something that radically has 
challenged me and stirred me in my heart. And I'll probably say this a few times because I want to tell you something. When I came to Jesus and I made a commitment to follow Jesus, at one point I got saved. And for probably all of, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I was there. It's like an athlete in the starting block. Yeah, you're on the track. You're in the starting block. You're there. I made a commitment, but the reality is the lights never came on for me. 10, 15 years later, the preaching of apostolic uh, gifts and, and the moments like this, suddenly the lights started to come on and my life got radically revolutionized and, and, and changed. And I want to say to you, I was never promised a rose garden when I came to Jesus. If I tell you that the gates of hell unlocked itself over my life, over our marriage, over our family, that would be part of my story. But in saying that, I have seen God restore my marriage, my relationships with my children, all right? And God doing amazing things with us over the years as we persisted and pushed in. Because you see, what happens is sometimes people come to Jesus and they devoted very for a very small period of time because there's this euphoria and infatuation when we get saved, which is really cool. I like that. I wish we would never lose that. But we do grow up in these things. But the problem is the first bit of challenge we face, oh, this Jesus thing doesn't work. And we move on. Jesus didn't give me my car, didn't give me my house, didn't give me the girl or the guy that I was dreaming of. Or whatever your story might be, Jesus didn't heal my family member. And what happens is we very quickly move off. Yeah, these people were devoted to Jesus no matter what. You know, in biblical days, in those days, when they gave their lives to Jesus, this is what happened. If you were a Jewish family and you gave your life to Jesus, you were cut off immediately from the rest of your family. This is how bad it got. That where you would do business because they ran a little spaza shop down the road from you, you became a Christian. Fight there. All the best. We're going to go and find another shop. And what happened was, economically, the people were cut off. And they found themselves struggling because they made commitments to Jesus. You know that in some parts of Africa, that particularly in the Muslim faith, if you give your life to Jesus, you would be ostracized from your family. And in some cases, the father of the household would have to go and kill you. This is what's happening. This is the real world. This is, you, you, we, 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 we've got a very uh, sheltered understanding of what's happening. This is what's going on around the world. And this is stuff that happened in the biblical days to where they find themselves today. And they were not supported in any way. They lost their lives. Some lost their lives. And, um, and I want to encourage you this morning. And Andrew said something to us a little while ago, which really resonated with me. And I want to say this to you this morning. If you have not faced hardship in your life since you've become a Christ follower, I want to tell you, it's coming. This is not to discourage you. Jesus said, we will have many problems. He says, but do not fear because I've overcome I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you a gospel 
that's promising you a bed of roses. I want to give you the reality and the truth. And I'm going to say to you, you know, some of us face difficulties. We get family members that have, that have, that have, that have got sick. Some of us have lost family members. We, we have economical challenges. You know, often, and Andrew's hit this thing a few times, we, we misquote Scripture, Psalm 91. Yes, the truth is there. But I want to say to you, what happens if God doesn't come through on something? We need to hold our theology and our doctrine very lightly. That doesn't mean that God doesn't care. And I've had to learn this over the years. We've got to be open to the reality is that when God moves, He will move because He is sovereign and His will, His purposes will prevail. But we need to be open to the fact that at some point we will face challenges. I loved Suzanne's testimony this morning. Uh, imagine getting a word that the, you're going to have a, what was your words? Um, the storm, a perfect storm. I remember a perfect storm for me was years ago, Chanel Rousseau, prophetic lady from uh, up the e uh, east coast towards PE, gave us a prophetic word when we were in Brackenfell. And she was saying how God was going to um, bring massive change. And, and in my mind, everything she was prophesying was like, yes, we're going to rock the daisies and we're going to end up building buildings and et cetera, et cetera. One and a half or two weeks later, I want to tell you, all hell broke loose against us as a congregation, like I've never known before. And then when I think of Chanel, and she's a wonderful lady, a very prophetic lady, I start to shudder. Because you see, sometimes we get these prophetic words, and we're so excited about those prophetic words, but we forget sometimes what God's got to take us through before those things happen. Perfect story. Joseph had a dream. Look at him. Imagine if Joseph knew what was going to happen to him, what he would have done. The point is, even Joseph stayed devoted to God, despite. Paul stayed devoted to God, despite. Simon Peter, those that were put in prison, stayed devoted to God, despite. I want to encourage you this morning, even when it doesn't look like it's working out, somehow, someway, you need to be devoted to God in those moments where you are pushing in. The Bible says each one is to carry one another's burdens, but each one carries their load. That's why it's so important for you to be in the local church, because together we can get through this thing. Does that make sense? All right. I don't want to spend too much time on that. So when we look at it in our context, what is it that stops us from being devoted? Not understanding what it truly means to be, to, to be committed to Jesus would be one of those things. And um, maybe this morning as we were singing, it's actually... Lord, let there be less of me and more of you. Perhaps that's what God is bringing us to this morning, where he's going to bring those changes in our lives. It's a decision to say, Jesus, I want more of you. We sang it. Often we sing lies. Because it's lack of words, but actually we need to sing it. And when we sing it, we say, Jesus, I want more of you. He goes, okay, I'm going to start ringing the changes in your life. And didn't Kevin say last week, how many of us thought when Kevin said, you know that prayer that we pray, and we say, Lord, use me, use me. And then God uses you and you go, I feel so used. <laughs> I want more of you, Jesus. Not quite this, Jesus. This isn't what I was expecting. And so our prayer should be more of you, Jesus. I want to be fully committed. What about maybe is that we deem other things more important? Our excuses often become bigger than the, the call of being devoted to Jesus. Can I say to some of us who are in business, that's only a tool for God to, 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 to bless you financially, 
you might find yourself in business where God can use you to be a blessing to those because when you leave this place, we trust the influence of what God does here touches your areas of influence. But that's just a, a means for you to earn an income. Can we, can we say, Lord, I want to make sure that my business and that which I give myself to doesn't take me away from the things of you? Some of us, we might have excuses. Oh, it's too cold. It's too far. It's costly. I'm tired. What about my children? Or I've got a sports event on that I need to give myself to. Can I say to you, sometimes we just got to make the calls and we say, God, if I need to make a shift and I'm sensing your shift that I need to make is far stronger than me going to something, am I prepared to do that? I want you to please hear what I'm not saying. God is not opposed to you doing things that you would give yourself to. But those things, if you need to make a shift, will you be willing to do that for the sake of the kingdom? Okay. So with that, the early church made it a priority to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. So let's see why they gave uh, such priority to this. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 10. Thanks, Herman. It says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. And what's important here is we need to, we need to be careful on what foundations we are busy building. That's what the apostolic does with us. When we come under apostolic teaching, when we come under the teachings that we are experiencing at the moment, what is happening is we want to make sure that the foundation that you're building on is the foundation of Jesus, who is the bedrock, he is the cornerstone of the local church. All right? On nothing else. And then also with that, um, we want to make sure that we build our lives in the right way, that we're representing Jesus in the right way. So let's look at what this looks like for us as the church. So Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 16 says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Just at that point there, this is an office that we're talking about. I want to say to you, as a congregation, many of us sitting here today, you can be apostolic, you can be prophetic, you can be an evangelist, you can be pastoral, and you can be a teacher. The office is talking about a specific office which goes beyond what you and I are operating. So, Andrew, we see as an apostle. Jonathan Stanfield, we see as an apostle, he is from the Isle of Man. You'll hear that British voice coming through later on at the 412 conference. All right? And we've got to listen hard to try and hear some of the words that he's saying. But a brilliant man. Loves Jesus. All right? Then you've got guys who are pastors. Someone like myself. I carry an office. And, and then you've got an evangelistic guy like Jonathan Conrad, who we will have come through. And he, he's an amazing gift. And with the evangelist gift comes signs, wonders, and miracles. They come with all of those others. If you can keep that up for us, please, Herman. It comes with all of the others. But when the evangelist flows, we see signs, wonders, and miracles. It's a specific office, but each one of us can operate in these gifts. You just don't carry the, the office of this, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm trying to bring it down so it will be helpful for us. To prepare God's people for works of service. Say works of service. 
so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. Say, all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Say Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So there's 10 things that I want to just lay out from this for us, and we're going to land. Um, and I hope you will be encouraged. So the first thing is that when we see the apostles coming, we can see the gifts that are here. What is the first thing that they want to do? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. This is to help you identify your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and then to encourage you also to use your resources. What? For the furthering of the kingdom of God. And that is their role. You know, for me, one of the greatest things that I find is when you, when you are walking with gifts like this, they are not building towards themselves. What they are wanting is to bring the church through. And I'm going to say that some of you sitting here today, are you are going to run way further than you think you're running at the moment. And God is going to take some of you and you might run further than some of us who are currently leading up front here. And I want to tell you today, from the pulpit, that would be my greatest pleasure and joy seeing one of the saints rise up and fulfill the plans and purposes that God has for them going forward. And, and for me, that's the heart of the, the apostles, is to see every single one of us being built up, finding our gifts and talents, and releasing them in a way that will build up the church and strengthen the church. That's why you're not being here is not good for you and it's not good for us. I loved what Kevin touched on last week. By your not being here means that somebody else needs to hold up people in your place. Hear me when I'm saying this. I'm not saying if you're away for a weekend, we all need a break. But if your lifestyle and your pattern is one of that this isn't important to you, Devotion needs to shift in your heart because ultimately that's to Jesus. And I am from the frontier going to say, if your heart can't or won't shift, perhaps this body is not meant for you. It's weighty. Our heart is to build with people that are committed to Jesus and want to see his kingdom advance. And I'm going to say to you, sometimes, I think your word that you brought this morning, sometimes, even as leaders, we're going to get in your face. I don't wake up every day thinking, who's sly can I crap into today? <laughs> I promise you, I hate conflict, but I'm not averse to it because it comes with the territory. But my heart is to see every single one of you flow into the things of God. LZ, I felt like the Lord lay you on my heart before this meeting this morning. So it's so good to see you here. And I really just felt, I want to encourage you this morning. You know, Mary and Martha in the Bible... I really see you as a Mary. I really do. And I, and I, and I see you. So I don't know what this would mean for you, but what I do see is, is, is Jesus loves to have you sitting at his feet. Um, I, I don't think you're a busybody, so I don't know you as that. But I just feel it's like the Lord just wanted to encourage you this morning. He loves it when you just sit 
at his feet. And he's brought you into a family. And, and the family that he's brought you into is a place where he will use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and your resources for the furthering of his kingdom. And, and you're a quiet, gentle soul. And you've often taken the back step in the back seat. But I feel like God's going to bring you to a place where he's going to accelerate something in your life and he's going to bring you to the fore and he's going to use you in a massive way, just like he used Mary. And I remember we had a lady in Benoni, same thing. Similar prophetic word that God used for her. But you see, now what happens is, don't try and make it happen, but what happens is now, say, okay, Lord, I've heard this word, and I'm going to step in, and I'm just going to go about my stuff, and at the right time, God will just accelerate that thing. So we equip the saints. And I'm going to say to you, as we equip the saints, church, you need to know, every single one of you, as the word goes out, with greater knowledge comes greater responsibility. We will stand before God and give an account of our lives. The second thing is he builds up or edifies the body. This is strengthening the body, and this is what the apostolic does. And it makes the body of Christ fitter, stronger, and fit for the services of Christ and his purposes. The third thing it does is it helps us attain the unity of the faith. One heart, one mind, and purpose. Can you say that? One heart, one mind, and purpose. Unity is us walking together, laboring together, and fulfilling the purposes of God together so that all of us can arrive at our destination. Uh, Nardis and myself and one or two other guys, we cycle. And I want to tell you something. I've loved cycling with some other groups. And I remember five years ago when I started cycling, I was genuinely a lot, um, I was going to say dukkha because I reminded myself, I must tell you, if I can tell you the story, we... One of my mates from Brackenfell, we were at his house and we were having dinner. And after the, meet, uh, after the dinner, I sat there and I went, yo, I guess no lack of duck. And a little girl of four years old, she said, nee, oom, a mens praat nie so nie, jy sê, ek is versadig. <laughs> I, I want to tell you, at that four-year-old, I've never forgotten it. <laughs> so the point is this, is that when we ride with these groups, what is lacquer is that if you're starting out, there will always be somebody in the group that will look out for you to make sure that you're not left behind in most cases and that we all finish together and we get back safely. What a beautiful picture of the church. I want to say to you, as, as a church, we want to run together, serve the purposes of God together, help each other walk in the fullness of what God has for us, and then most importantly, all of us at some point crossing that finish line where we've had involvement in people's lives and we hear this, well done, my good and faithful servant, that every single one of you could hear that one day. That's the heart of this congregation and the greater picture of Joshua. That's what the apostolic are wanting to do with us as we come together. Does this make sense to you guys? Okay. Number four, attaining the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh, the, the, their heart is that we move from intellect to heart. Many of us, we know the things of God, but we need it to drop into our heart. And our walk with Jesus is something that is experiential. It's not just intellectual. 
All right. And that's what they, they will be encouraging us um, as we move forward. And then we grow with a deeper knowledge of Jesus. We grow into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And we experience Jesus. I don't know about you, but I experienced Jesus here this morning. As deep cries out to deep. We're pushing in. Jesus is magnificent. If we can catch that, he is magnificent. He is amazing. That scripture that was brought by Hansabed, how many of us, when we wake up and we see a beautiful sunset or a sunrise, how many of us go, God, you're resplendent, which means that he's light within himself, which was the word that was brought. He's just amazing. And that's something that each one of us needs to grasp. And I want to say this from the front. I'm not speaking down to guys here. You need to know I'm working up my faith with trembling and fear, just as many of you are today. But I've had to go through a lot to get to that point. I'm grateful for the apostolic who helped us to see that. Next point is that we will grow up in maturity. It's moving us into a greater place of effectiveness and reproduction. Healthy things mature and reproduce after their own kind. I want to lay out a challenge here. If we as Christ followers understand the call that God has on our lives and that which has been encouraged, devote yourself to the things of Jesus, then we should be contagious. And we should be infecting those that are not yet saved and bringing people in to fill all these chairs. And the church should grow. If each one of us had one person join every Sunday because of us and because of what God is doing in us, we will be moving to another congregation facility or running multiple meetings. Because the church in those days, they became contagious and they infected people because people saw what was happening and people saw messed up people's lives suddenly being radically transformed by the power of the gospel. And then people were being added. That's what we're trusting for. It says that we also need to become more like Jesus, your next point, that we found in Christ. Our identity is in him, and, and that we actually reflect Jesus. Again, I'm using cycling terms. Sorry, it's a sport that I'm giving myself to at the moment, all right, for, for this season. But when we ride in the, e in the evenings when it's dark or early mornings, we've got these jackets, and there's little strips on the jacket which has a reflector on it. I wanted to use the example here, but I didn't think it would work here. So when you shine a light on it, a car coming from the back, you can see, oh, there's a group of people up there. The question is, when people see you and I, what do they see? Do they see Jesus? Do they see a people that are committed and devoted to the purposes of God? The next thing is, they help us and keep us secure in difficult seasons which is what we heard this morning, that we're not tossed back and forth, but rather that we're anchored in Jesus and that he helps us navigate through dangerous waters. That's what the apostolic does. You saw wonderfully how Andrew navigated not only Josh Jen, but even some of the 412 churches around the world through COVID. And we've got to navigate the people through difficult spaces so that they can continue their journey in the things of God. As you give yourself, that's what you're opening yourself to. That we would not be carried away by different winds of doctrine. Can I say to you right now, you all took out your phone. You can go onto YouTube, and you can go and find your perfect sermon that will tickle your ears and give you exactly what you want. The problem is, when you start to bring all of that into our context, the salad can get rather messy. 
That's why the apostolic helps us to stay true to what we see from a biblical perspective. And, and this is what the Word of God teaches us. And so we don't want to have all kinds of winds of doctrine coming in because, because otherwise what will happen is it could infect the body. And we need to look after the body. We've got to help each one of you walk out your walk. And I'm going to say to you, be careful what you expose yourself to. Come and chat with us. If I'm not sure, I will ask. We've got something like 200 couples that are on eldership where we can get perspective and reference on specific voices. Not every voice that, that you hear out there is necessarily helpful. It can cause you to fall away from the things of God. Does that make sense? All right. And that's what the apostolic does. And then number nine, it helps us grow into Jesus who is the head. It brings us closer to him and we are more subject to his authority and I want you to know that the apostles and those that are apostolic, they are not here to control our lives. They are here to help us and uh, position us so that we can be the best version of what God has for each one of us and to certainly walk in obedience with Jesus. And then the last point is that the body grows and builds itself up in love. And that is what was brought this morning. You didn't know what I was going to preach. But I want to say to you that if we do not have love... We have nothing. <laughs> We're just operating out of the flesh. But can I also say to you, love isn't always giving you what you want. Love gives you what you need. If there's genuine love, love will also correct. Love will also rebuke. But love also encourages. Love also believes the best. Love also keeps no record of wrong. And that's the heart of the apostolic, is to help us make sure that we as a church Pushing into Jesus, but we love like Jesus does as well. So how's my life been changed by the apostolic? It's probably a very good question. And I want to say to you, not being exposed to the apostolic many years ago, I was involved with Presbyterian and Anglican background. And so what happened was being exposed to the apostolic when we were part of New Covenant Ministries International, um, which Andrew and them were part of many years ago before they broke away. We used to go out up to Bloemfontein. All the leaders from all around the world, 5,000 people used to come together at the university. And one year when I sat there and I heard this guy, Dudley Daniels, speak, who Andrew speaks about quite often. He's in Australia. He started up New Covenant Ministries International. And I'll never forget, we were new to this, and we were blown away by 5,000 people worshiping God and then the different guys giving their preachers and those kind of things. And and it blew my mind, but I'll never forget the words Dudley said to us one day. He said, guys, as the conference comes to an end, he says, a year later, we're going to be coming back. He says, I need to tell you that if you are still in the same place that you are today, and you come back next year, and you're still in that same place, you need to know that you have gone backwards, he says, because the kingdom of God is advancing. And he says, and forceful men lay hold of it. If you stay where you are, you're falling behind. Right there, I said to a friend of mine, I've never read my Bible. Help me. And he gave me a reading plan, which allowed me to start there. And I started reading a reading plan. And I read my Bible with this reading plan. And when I got back there the following year, I'd finished reading my Bible in its entirety. I want to say this to you. There are pastors leading churches who've never read their Bible once in its entirety. And they're leading bigger works than we'll ever know. That's how easy people can be taken in got to get into the Word of God. But you know what the most amazing thing was? I just read. And the next thing, what happened is I was reading 
Leviticus and Deuteronomy and then some of these other books. And I'm like, this is like Greek. I don't understand this, but I've just read. And then suddenly I get into the book of Acts. I get halfway through the book, book of Acts. And then I realize, but you know what I was part of previously? It was always the pastor who had to do everything. It was only these people that were allowed to do or so-called. But actually God has called each one of us into a place as a priesthood of believers to serve his purposes. And right there and then God turned my life on its head and everything was changed. And so the apostolic had a massive impact in my life. Second thing that apostolic did, and there was a guy that um, Andrew knows very well, Peter Hart Brown from Somerset West. I wasn't even a deacon in the life of the church. I was a normal saint. And when I used to be in Somerset West, I would phone Peter up and say, hey, listen, I'm here on business. Can I pop in and have a coffee? This guy's like Andrew. And, and, and I mean, you know, you don't just phone these guys up as we think. And what was most amazing, Andrew's available to us. Peter was available to us. Hey, Auntie Panty, come and have coffee with me. And I go and I have coffee with him, and we would sit and have discussions. And he would just talk to me, and he'd say to me, Ants, are you leading a life group yet? No, not yet. He says, well, if you can lead a life group and you can grow a life group, you probably could possibly lead a church one day. And things like that revolutionized my life. So I want to encourage you as you go forward that um, this is stuff that will radically change your life. So as we approach the 412 conference coming up, and this is where we're going to land, I think for me it's very important for us as a church that we expose ourselves to that which is coming up. You know, it's three years ago since we last had a time like this. And I realize for some of us here this morning that means you've got to take leave some of you maybe have to consider taking unpaid leave. Some of you realize, well, I've got to register. It's going to cost me quite a bit. Can I maybe suggest, let's rather look and chat to your comm group leaders and say, how can I get there? Not, how can I not make it there? What do I need to do? Am I prepared to make a sacrifice? I'm not asking you to lose your job to be there. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Okay. But what I am asking is, are you able and are you willing, as best as you can, to position yourself to go and be a part of this conference, to open yourself up to apostolic input because the guys are going to come and we're going to trust God to do some magnificent stuff in our lives. And, uh, and, and the heart is to equip you, to envision you, to impart, recalibrate, encourage, edify, and transform us more and more into the likeness. And that's what happens when we come together. And then I want to ask you, if you cannot make it because of financial reasons, Please, will you come and chat to myself, Andre, or Gunter, all right? And we'll, we'll see what we could do to help you. Sometimes the comm groups just need to stand together and help each other. Form a lift club. Let's do something. Let's make it happen, and let's go. Imagine what God could do if we all give ourselves to this. That's the heart of the apostles. As we push deeper now into the things of God, it's now about you and I saying, Lord, I need to devote myself to your purposes. And so I'm going to close with this, and I'm going to ask you maybe just to bow your heads. It's a teaching moment. Maybe there's somebody sitting here this morning. You've never made a commitment to Jesus. There's two groups that I'll speak to, those that are not yet saved. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And then the other group is just for us to realign our hearts get our devotions right this morning. But if you're here and you have not made a personal commitment to Jesus, in your head it's knowledge, 
but it hasn't become a heart thing where you come into a relationship with him and you realize that you're not in relationship, what that means is you recognize that you're a sinner and only Jesus can save you. That's what the early church, what happened to them? They got saved and then they devoted themselves to Jesus. And if you're here and you've not made that commitment and you're saying, Ants, I need to make a commitment to Jesus. I need to receive Jesus for the first time in my life and come into a relationship. Would you raise your hand? We just want to pray with you. Is there anybody here today? Right, there's no hands, that's fine. We always want to make that time available. Now for us, as we sit here, I'm not going to ask you to respond with a hand raised today. But what I am going to ask you to do is just to, before the Lord, I've got to ask you this question. How devoted are you to the things of Jesus? And are there things that you've put in your path Are there obstacles that have been put in your path that has prevented you from being devoted to Him? It can be a simple thing like the convenience of children, work, sport, leisure, business. And I want you just before the Lord, I've done this now myself this whole week, so I'm standing here, somebody's already done this, but I just want you to before the Lord say, Lord, I've, I've put these things ahead of you. This morning, I need to repent of that. And repentance means it's a changing of your mind and saying, Lord, I no longer choose to go that route, and I choose to walk the way that you've called me to do. Then just simply say, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me, and Lord, will you help me to walk out this walk? I choose today, Lord, to be devoted to you. I devote myself to the apostolic teachings. I devote myself to the local church, Lord. I devote my life, totally surrender to you, that, Lord, that your will will prevail, not mine. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.